Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. How's it going? I'm really excited. Oh yeah? Why? Because Kathy's here again. Kathy is here again. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Joey. How are you? Good. Good. Hey. So what are we talking about today? Kathy's here. It's got to be something exciting. Well, we're kicking off the mythology series. Oh, we've been talking about this for so long. Everybody's been waiting for it. Here we are. I know. I know. I'm super excited. (laughs) All right. So what are we starting with? Well, we're going to talk about the hero's journey today. Okay. Uh, the hero's journey is the the general concept, and and if you want a lot of information on the hero's journey, if you want to go deep into it, then Joseph Campbell did a huge amount of writing on the subject of the hero's journey. You can find that either in his videos online or in the books that he's written. Okay. But we're going to talk about it in the context of doing rituals for yourself, doing you know rituals for what it is that you're trying to accomplish, right? I want to be clear, I'm not going to talk about it in terms of running rituals for other people because we haven't taught you anything that would give you that context. And I'm not going to do that over podcast because that would just be irresponsible. So we're just going to talk about it in the terms of how you can use the hero's journey for yourself in your own spiritual practice. Before I run off with everything, Kathy, do you want to define the hero's journey for people? Well, there's so many different layers you can define it at. First of all, it is one of the oldest and most common mythological themes ever. And it is in practically every book and every movie that you've ever seen in some way. And if you look at it as the at the most basic, it's a three-part saga 
where, you know, you start out and, and you're in this place of this is ordinary reality, but something has come up that's pushing me to make a change. And then there's this huge process of change, which is the middle part. And then there's the end where it's you return from the journey transformed. And in the middle of that, there's a whole bunch of steps like uh, resistance and awareness. And, you know, we can talk about all those if you want to. But the the models run, I think, from three steps to about 12 steps, which I think is kind of excessive. But if you want to go that deep into it, yay, Joseph Campbell and some of the rest of it is out there. So just as an example, it would be something like The Hobbit. Okay. Bilbo is hanging out in the Shire, having a great time, a little bored, but not too bad. And friends with Gandalf and Gandalf shows up and goes, we're leaving. <laughs> and Bilbo goes, what? Huh? What? I can't leave. I'm, I'm a hobbit. <laughs> and, and Gandalf goes, doesn't matter. Let's go. So off they go on the journey and he has his resistances and he meets with Gollum and, 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 you know, my precious and all that other happy hoo-ha. And he comes back and he's different. And in fact, the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy starts off with him at his 111st birthday. (laughs) And he's longer lived than any Hobbit ever. And he is wise and very different as a person than he was when he left. That's in a nutshell, the the hero's journey okay we could do that with harry potter we could do that with pretty much anybody who's ever been through any not seinfeld thing (laughs) (laughs) because seinfeld is where nothing happens right right a show about nothing not a hero's journey if nothing happens (laughs) so if there is if there's something to be overcome it's probably a hero's journey Okay, so how does this apply to all of the things that you were talking about before, the the ritual for yourself and that sort of stuff? How does the hero's journey apply there? So one of the things about making any potential powerful ritual that is going to have transformation in it, and we do talk about transformation, is that you undertake a journey like this. You set up and you say, okay, here I am, and I am being called into this space. And you may not even know. I mean, Bilbo had no idea what Gandalf was going to drag him through. Okay. Um, And he resisted. You know, it's kind of like, this is a change. I don't want to. And Gandalf had him go anyway. So when you're doing it for yourself, when you're looking at this, you're going to come up and say, yeah, I want this, but oh man, what's going to happen? Where am I going to have to make changes I may not be comfortable with? There are things I don't know. What happens if you know I'm up against something that I didn't even expect? How can I expect to deal with this effectively? How do I move through it? Which is why one of the components in this is the mentor. You know, There was Gandalf to help Bilbo move through the process. One of the things about setting this up for yourself is unless you have a really, really strong force of will, you're going to want to make sure you have someone to provide you with some guidance or support along the way so that when you do hit those sticking points, the reluctance to change and need assistance with overcoming that resistance and committing to the change and going forward with the process, that there's somebody to support you in doing that. So the the hero's journey is providing a structure literally for transformation. It's saying, here is how we get started. Here is the resistance phase. Here is where support comes in. This is where you make your commitment to change and you maybe start experimenting with what works and what doesn't work. Maybe the mentor helps you with that. 
you confront the change and in confronting the change, and it's in the hero's journey, they don't describe it this way, but in a lot of literature, they describe it as the aha moment, the point when everything that came before brought you to this point and there's a, oh, I see this differently now. Oh, I have a different perspective. Oh, I have a, I have a different way now of being with this process, this ritual, this energy, this goal that I'm attempting. I can now see it for myself. I've overcome my, the things where, you know, you might be telling yourself, I can't do this. You know, we just we were talking to somebody about that recently where they said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And there was a person there to say, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And together they did. And the person's talking about having come to the other side, having achieved that goal as they perceive themselves as stronger, as more capable, as I think it comes back to more capable of moving forward, but they are transformed by the experience. And so if you're looking for transformation, this structure, the hero's journey, is the, the foundational mythos for how to move through a transformational process. And you see that reflected both in Gandalf as the guide and in Dumbledore for Harry Potter. And, you know, if you look in most of these journeys, you're going to find there's often a friend, you know, a companion. There's often a mentor. There is a massive thing that is way too big to be overcome that they then have to overcome. You know, all of these things are are common elements of a hero's journey. So when you're looking at it from a magical perspective, especially if you're doing transformational magic, not everything always comes into it. Um, But, you know, take for instance, when I said I wanted to buy a house last year, I had set the intention before we ever moved that we were going to live in that apartment for a year and then we were going to buy a house. And then we changed our mind because I just couldn't face packing. And I couldn't face packing, but I had set a hard intention about buying that house, harder than I remembered. (laughs) And the universe provided in the form of an obstacle to overcome that packed our house, (laughs) right? The flood, the the great flood of 2019, right? You know, the universe provided the thing that I asked for that was going to be transformational in, in my and my husband's life, which was homeownership again. In the process, we had to go through the pain of the being displaced from our home and thinking all of our stuff was gone and, you know, all of this stuff that happened along the way. And we went through it together. So he was the companion. Mm-hmm. And then I would whine at Kathy and she would be the guide. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> she's like, it's okay. And, and, you know, I had my realtor from the local area who was also serving as a guide for the purchase, right? So, yeah. you know, I had, sometimes it's multiple guides. In the end, the transformation was into homeownership, into a homeowner. And you see things very differently and you do things very differently as a homeowner. And so that is a transformative process. And it wasn't intended to be a ritual. <laughs> it was intended to be a manifestation. But sometimes your energy is better than you think. <laughs> so it works out that way. But if you're intending to create a ritual for yourself, the thing you have to keep in mind about a, the hero's journey is that it's also an initiation of a sort. The nature of an initiatory process is that you you're literally stepping off a cliff in faith that it'll be okay. You never know what's going to actually be on the other side. So 
the hero's journey is similar in that nature, in that you're stepping out to accomplish a big quest of some kind. Um, and they just did this. If you're watching The Magicians, they just did this where the one who used to be a goddess is pissed off because, you know, she wasn't seen as worthy of being given a quest. And she really needed a quest. And so she gave herself the quest. That is a symbolic statement of taking back responsibility for your own transformation from the outer world and bringing it in. She was like, I don't need you to give me a quest. I'll give myself the quest. Thank you very much. And I'll go do it. And I don't need you to tell me that. That's true self-transformation. In that process, she, she took that on and did that. So you can do that for yourself. You can create scenarios in which you put goals for yourself. You set things for yourself that you need to do, that you know you need to do in order to transform. The challenge is when we're working by ourselves, the challenge is finding somebody to be that support, to be that guide, to help us get past the resistances and to even recognize the resistances when they show up. Because if you don't have an experience of recognizing resistance, it can be a little challenging to know what it is. I mean, I've got somebody in one of my coaching groups right now who is dealing with a challenge that is their default resistance is I have to figure it all out and understand it. I must have clarity before I can move forward. And in this context, when you're dealing with the hero's journey or you're dealing with an initiation, you can't know. You can't figure it out. It isn't something you can know in advance. It isn't something you can comprehend. It's something you have to just be with, jump and let the parachute build on the way down. That's how it works. How do you recognize that the need to understand what's going on is a resistance when you're in it? It's a tough one, right? Yeah. That's something much easier to see from the outside. You know, having somebody who can serve as that, that cheerleader when you get discouraged, I can't do it. Yes, you can. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Versus the person who serves as the guide going, yo, resistance. Hello. Hello, McFly. You're in resistance, right? That moment. So we've talked about resistance before. We've talked about resistance in regards to transformation. In fact, we had an episode just recently about meltdown versus transformation. And it sounds like the hero's journey is the epitome of the mythological construct of transformation. That's what it is. I mean, I know we've said it's the foundation for for everything with regards to this this transformation of the hero, but it's also the construct of transformation. It's It's all of us. The hero's journey is all of us. Yes. Yeah. I realize we're nodding our heads and that's not necessarily going to work on a podcast because you're listening and you can't hear the rattles. So, <laughs> but yes, when that calling is upon you, when you, that's, you know, you've, as Kelly said, manifested, you know, put out the manifestation for to be a homeowner or, or something else that is definitely what you want to do and things start to show up. It's human nature that we resist first. We are wired to resist change because change can look dangerous. Better the devil you do know than the devil you don't because you know it, you understand it. Whereas something else shows up, you can get caught, you know, flat footed and it doesn't work. Or even if you say you want it, but then it shows up and then you go, who me? You know, who am I to do this? No, no, I, I can't do that. Bilbo did that. Frodo did that. Karate Kid with Mr. Miyake, right? You know, no, no. 
it's in so much of our culture, this journey from where you are, the Rocky movies, right? You know, he started out, didn't think much of himself, out of shape, et cetera. When I think in the movie, when um, Apollo Creed asked him for the fight, he initially turned it down because it's like, I can't do this. So those are all forms of resistance. So yes, the, the transformational process starts out with the resistance. As you're committing to the change and moving through that, it still shows up, right? There's going to be tests. There's going to be challenges. There was the flood in Kelly's instance, and then all the additional things that came with the floods. I remember going through all the stories of the different houses with the, this looks good. Oh, nope, nope, nope. That, that does, that's got a problem. Oh, this one looks really good. Ah, no, no, no. That's got a problem. And so there was all this forward motion that then didn't pan out. So it was like two steps forward, one step back, which is part of the journey. And you have to keep going. You have to continue to confront or move through the change to get to where you're going. And at any point in time, you know, Kelly could have said, Kelly and Jeff could have said, no, you know, this is too hard. They'll get the apartment fixed and we'll go back. But they never did. Right. You know, they, they kept going past each ordeal past each test and past each piece of the process that was showing up, sometimes not without some complaining, because that happens to all of us too. It's like, why does this have to be so hard? There's a premise out there that in transformational space that nothing is ever presented to you that you do not have the capability to move through. Okay. You may not think you do, but you do. That's one of the things that we run up against a lot when we do our retreats is this idea that somebody will look at you and go, oh, I can't. It's like, yeah, you can. It's okay. And, and it's like, but I'm, I'm not strong enough to hold this. Yeah, you are. And it's not just in the retreats. It's also in the work that we do. But right. it's, it's, I'm not strong enough. I can't do it. I, I don't have the ability. I can't hold this. And it's, these are all just stories that we tell ourselves. Because, you know, we're far stronger than we give ourselves credit for. We're far more capable than we give ourselves credit for. And we can hold far more than we ever imagined that we could. And the sooner you let go of those false beliefs, the faster you'll move in your transformational process. Because it is the investment and the belief that you can't that stops you more than anything else. Hmm. Step into being the hero. This is a mythological journey that we're all on. The hero doesn't, you know, throw down the sword and go, sorry, damsel in distress, but I can't today. (laughs) I just haven't got it in me. I mean, the hero steps up. He's wounded. He's battered. He's beaten. But nonetheless, he still confronts the dragon. And we all are heroes of our own lives. We just have to embrace that. We have to stop giving up and whining. And confront our dragons. Right. Exactly. There's this cultural construct that's happening in the world today in in the U.S. that is this idea that everybody's out to get you, that the rich are trying to take advantage of the poor and that the Republicans are out to screw over the Democrats and vice versa. And there's just like there's there's all of this cultural mythos that's being bandied about that results in all of us feeling like victims. You can't invest in the victim mythos or you will never be the hero of your own journey. The hero doesn't get to be a victim ever. The hero has to take whatever is thrown at him or her and overcome it. Okay. Let me ask you this, though, with regards to that. 
The hero doesn't get to be the victim. But isn't it true that often the hero falls into the victim mode on his journey to become the hero? He will occasionally... He or she. There's a lot of sheroes out there right Absolutely, now, too. Absolutely, no doubt. Well, there's often a moment where it's that whole, it's darkest before the dawn. Mm -hmm. There's always that moment, not always, but often, the moment where the hero looks and goes, oh, shit, there's no way I can do this. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I can't. I can't. I right. can't. And this is when the guide or the, the sidekick, the friend, comes along. That's why Samwise Gamgee was so important in The Lord of the Rings. Because Samwise wasn't the guy who did anything. He just was Frodo's cheerleader. He's like, you can do it. We can do it. Get up. Let's go. And he would sometimes carry him. Right. But he himself didn't really do much, except he was Frodo's support structure. And so we all need a Samwise. Well, and the reason I ask that is because I think it's important for people to hear and understand that just because they're having those weak moments, just because they're feeling the victim, it doesn't mean that they're not still on the path. It just means right. that that's part of it. That may be part of it for them. Yeah. And you know, this is one of the reasons why I tell people that hopelessness is the worst thing you could possibly ever surrender to, because it will collapse any journey you're on <laughs> and it will stick you in place and walk you back. It's, it's the beginning of death. Right. If you surrender to hopelessness, you might as well just crawl over and die because that's where you're going. We all come face to face with hopelessness. Kathy and I have come to face to face with hopelessness countless times on our journey together, much less separately. And we've known each other for like 15 years. And I know <laughs> that we must have had this conversation 20, 30 times in that 15 years, if not more, where we're just like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And no, now granted, those times were usually smushed together, right? So we'd have three or four conversations in a week. And then, you know, get over ourselves and move on. But it happens. And you just have to be like, yeah, okay, I'm done whining. Time to get up and move on. <sighs> okay, I'm, I'm done investing in not being able to do it. Let's figure out how to. And oftentimes, you know, the longer you do it, because I mean, Kathy and I have been working this path for 20 plus years for me and 30 for her. And there are times when the older you get, the more you're likely to fall into the I'm just so tired. I, I can't face doing this again. Yeah. I can't face relaunching. I can't face repositioning. I can't face whatever it is. I, I'm just, I'm too old for this shit. Maybe I just need to give up. Every time, I don't know about you, Kathy, you can chime in on this, but every time I've ever gotten to the point where I'm like, screw it, I'm just going to give up, go get a regular job and, and stop trying to share this stuff with the world and just say, fuck it. Every time I got to that stage, I would actually go out and refresh my resume and go out and look for jobs. And every time I logged on, it was like my soul was dying. <laughs> and I just couldn't do it. It was very, very similar in terms of I refresh the resume or, or sign up with Robert Half for a temp job. <laughs> and, and then they would call me and I'd go, ugh. <laughs> and in its own weird way, that was enough to, in those moments, to get you out of the breakdown point. Call it the dark night of the soul or call it the breakdown before the breakthrough. If you do this often enough, you realize that, and again, darkest before the dawn, when you hit those really 
bad points, it's the worst place in the world to give up because you're almost through. You know, you, you've almost made it through. You just got to find the oomph to keep going. And I, I think the thing, I don't know about for you, Kelly, although I, I think this is true in some sense in some of the conversations we've had, but for me, the the getting out of victim mode is easiest when I don't invest a lot in being the victim. Yes. It's like, okay, you you realize you stepped in. It's like stepping in a pile of dog doo-doo, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like, okay, I don't want this on my shoe. This stinks, okay? <laughs> it makes my shoe nasty. It makes me leave nasty tracks. This is not helping me. I feel like crap when this is around. I need out of this now. And right. so I take a step forward in a different kind of way, clean off my shoe and go, new victim dog poo on me. I'm not knocking victims. It happens. Okay. I've been there. I'm just saying that the more I invest in it, the more I get stuck in it. And I've recognized that when I step in it like that, it's like, Ooh, I can't invest in this. And over the years I've learned to reach out faster, ask for support faster, pull myself up by my bootstraps faster, because I know if I wallow in that for very long, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Well, because we play the how bad can it be game with ourselves. The minute you invest in the dog do, you're like, oh, God, I stepped in dog do. Who left the dog do to do this? They should have picked up after their dog. And now I'm in the dog do. And it's always me and the dog do. And these are all the times that I've ever been in the dog do. And look at all the people who never took care of me. And my life sucks. And I suck. And the world sucks. And nobody ever takes care of me. And I'm just going to sit here and cry. This, by the way, is the myth of the dog do. (laughs) It's a whole nother episode in the mythology series. (laughs) But it's what happens in our heads, right? Joey's over here laughing his ass off. He's like, I've been in the dog do. We've all been there, right? Yep. (laughs) You know, I wouldn't be able to describe it if I haven't been there. But, but it's just, it's, it's how it goes. And we end up playing this, oh, my life sucks, but here's how horrible my life is. And here, here's how horrible it has been. And here's how horrible it always is. And ah, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Think I'll eat some worms. Blah. And that's yet again, the chant of the dog do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We're just going to create a whole mythos around the dog. Do. Yeah, absolutely. It, is, it is. I'm telling you, this is the myth of the dog. Do It's part of the, of part of the hero's journey. Avoid uh, only on a hero's journey. It's avoid the steaming piles of dragon do because it's bigger. <laughs> <laughs> the really awesome part about when you break out of victim and when you step through those changes and when you confront them and you, you end up with a house, you know, you end up having achieved the hero's journey. You are transformed. You can't go back to being who you were before. You can't unbuy the house. You are now a homeowner. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an experience you have had and it's part of who you are now and part of how you define yourself. Look at Bilbo ended up going off with the elves. Right. He didn't stay in the Shire. Right. Because he was transformed to such a point that he had to move on in a different way. Frodo, similarly, had to move on in a different way. You are transformed. And I think that's one of the other things people are afraid of is kind of like, well, if I'm if I transform so much, how am I going to fit 
in the grooves in which I fit into my life before. You don't. And that's a truth of the hero's journey. We all are heroes in our own life, but not everybody chooses to undertake the journey. And those who do and successfully complete it transform themselves into a new space and a new way of being. Which will often mean leaving behind people and places and things that you had been part of before. And that was the question I was just going to ask, Kelly, because you had said something about, am I going to lose what I already have? And that element is a part of the hero's journey as well. And does that become one of the resistances that we create is if I transform, if I change, then everything that I know I may walk away from. I may go live with the elves because I'm no longer fit to live in the Shire. Well, my very first hardcore, it wasn't really the first journey, but one of the most significant hero's journeys in my life was I stood up and took back my power from my husband, at the time my husband, and from my life, from the quote unquote American dream. I was trying to live the American dream and do the checklist. And I had handed my power to that going, okay, you told me that this is what's going to make me happy. I'm going to just do it. And that'll make me happy. And so I got married and I got the dog and I got the big house and I was pillar of my community and I had a successful business and, and I hated my life. I just looked at it one day and said, I am suffocating here. This is not the life I envisioned for myself. Yeah. And I took my power back from the American dream checklist and from my husband at the time. And I stood up and I had to admit to him that I had lied to him about who I was, that I wasn't this damsel in distress that he would get to keep rescuing over and over again so he could feel good about himself and yeah. that, that I was never that person. And that resulted in me getting a divorce, selling my business, selling the big house I never wanted, and moving out of state to live with a bunch of people I met at the Renaissance Fair where my business partner said I ran off and joined the circus. And he wasn't very wrong. You know, <laughs> it's just... You know, I just, I sold it or left it all behind. I just completely dumped my entire life and started on my new life. And that was my hero's journey in that scenario was having to deal with all the pieces and parts of that. I want to point out that it's not always necessary to run away and join the circus. No. Okay. You have to be open to whatever comes as a result of the transformation. Right. Yeah. I know a friend of mine went through a profound transformation, very much changed who she was in the world. Actually, two female friends of mine did this. One of them ended up in a divorce and the other one has been in the same marriage for, you know, 35 years. The husband, at one point, they were arguing, and she was arguing in a different way than she had ever argued before in a more positive and productive way. And he stopped and he looked at her and he said, who are you? And what did you do with my wife? (laughs) Because the change was so profound in how she looked at the world and how she interrelated. And yet they are still together because it was possible within the context of those relationships to be flexible enough to allow that to unfold and remain together. Some things work that way, other things don't. It is a resistance to try and hang on to the old structure for fear of losing it. You have to be open to the fact that it may change, it may be lost, it may not, right. but you have to let go of expectation either way and just allow the transformation to unfold. Yep, exactly. And the further I've gotten in my path, the less I've had to really give up things because I've gotten closer to what I want. You're living more in your authenticity, which allows exactly. the world around you to resonate more closely with who you are, even if you go through transformation. Exactly. And yet I just moved from Boston a year and a half ago and I had to give up everything that I right. knew. and come to a place where I didn't know anybody. 
you know, all that stuff. So it still happens. You just have to decide that the pain of the change is better than the pain of staying the same. And it almost always is. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, I'm going to wrap us up because we're running a little long here, but this has been really informative. Is there anything that either of you want to say to sort of sum up the hero's journey? I think the thing I would say is just to recognize that without making it gender specific, hero, shiro, whatever you want to call it, is that we all have that capacity to be that within our own lives. Right. And that finding the right support Finding your Samwise mm -hmm. on your journey is probably, for me, one of the most important things to ensuring your success, that and your commitment to the process. And I would say when Cortez arrived in the Americas, he burned the ships so that they couldn't have the option of going back. I would encourage you that if you step onto a, a transformational path that you really want to commit to and you're afraid you're going to change your mind, burn your ships. <laughs> Give yourself no option to go back so that you have to go forward. And I don't mean burn your bridges per se. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very important distinction right there. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but I, I mean burn your ships as in, you know, make it really painful or impossible to go back to how you had been, whether it's making a commitment by telling somebody, I'm going to do this or I'll give you $5,000 or, you know, whatever. But really commit, learn what it means to cut off all other options. Bang, do it. That's the foundation of the word decide is to cut off everything else. The hero's creativity is engaged when he knows that the only way he can move is forward. And so when he encounters blocks and he knows he has to go forward and it is his only option, he, she finds a way around or through. That doesn't work if you have an option of, well, just climb on my horse and ride back to the castle. Right. You can focus on the obstacle or you can focus on the goal, but whichever one you focus on is where you'll end up. Well, and sometimes the motivation that you use to drive your journey can become that burning of the ship in that case. Yeah. So the, I can't get on my horse and ride back to the castle because if I do, the people I love will be killed. Right. I have the horse there. I have the road back to the castle. I could do it, but my motivation is to protect those that I want to protect. And in the hero's journey, sometimes motivation can be just as powerful as literally burning your ship. Yeah. I mean, for us with the apartment, it was, well, if we stay, then we have to unpack everything and then we're just going to have to repack it when the time comes to move again. And we don't want to do that. Right. Excellent. Well, this has been delightful. Thank you both so much. And everyone, the mythology series has started. <laughs> Yay. All right. That is all that we have for this week. But be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta and Kathy Shiron. And you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Each while I travel over 13,000 now, I leave behind a little fear. Spirit Trippa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot -E com. That's Kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Trippa has been produced by Honu Voice Production. And my love and my life and me.
Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.